0: IFM 101.9 megahertz of life.
1: So I'd like to introduce our first guest. His name is Grant Lottering, and he is the founder of impossible to us, which we'll explain impossible, I'm possible, we'll go there, um, but he's just an incredible professional cyclist, he's a miracle cyclist, he's a cancer warrior, um, and he's just taken part in an extraordinary, extraordinary challenge, all to raise funds for children who are fighting life-threatening illnesses, um, and what a story he has. Grant, welcome, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hi oh, Nikki, thank you, it's lovely to be on air with you
1: grant i mean i'm gonna go back you were you were 12 years old when you started cycling um and you started achieving very very early in your career um and you've had many challenges along your way along the way and it's Go, and I'm talking about really physical challenges that have really stood in the way. Let's go back to 2013, July, when you had this horrific bike accident in Italy and you were declared dead. Perhaps you can just share um, this with our audience.
0: Yes, I can. Um, quite right. I started cycling at the age of 12. And that was really after I quickly discovered I'm not really good with any sports that involved the ball or running. <laughs> Back in the 80s, cycling wasn't a very big sport in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly wasn't a school recognized sport, but I found myself on a bicycle. I was good at it. I had a talent to ride a bike. I was scrawny. I was light and I absolutely loved just getting on my bike after school and hitting the roads. You know, and I, I quickly started getting results. Yes, I ended up getting my national colors in school. I ended up riding professional both here and in Europe. And then I started my working career um in the early 90s and and cycling took a back seat obviously i wasn't racing professionally anymore so it was just for fun but then i was still competitive and i started racing again as a veteran in my late 30s and then yeah i progressed and in 2012 i qualified for the world masters championships in italy in 2013 so that to me was really exciting the chance of racing in the alps you know which i never was able to do as a pro Sure. Uh, so I, I spent a year training for it. I had a trainer, I had a nutritionist. I trained at the, uni- at, at the University of Pretoria High Performance Centre. I had a coach. Oh, my goodness. I gave it a whole year preparing for this world championship event in um, in the Italian Alps. And I went over in July 2013 to to base myself there for a, for almost two months to train in the mountains, um, even while I was still working. So, uh, you know, it was quite tough. Mm-hmm. Um and it was in that one race that I competed in before the World Champs that I had uh, this accident, which I just call it. Um, it became the first day of my second life. Yeah, the first day <laughs> of
1: your second life. Did you say, Grant?
0: That's right. Yes, that's right. Wow. So What happened was um, we were in this race. I was near the front. I was in a small group of about eight riders, seven or eight, and we came down the first mountain. There were three big mountains in this in in the Alps, and um, You know, for the listeners, if they want to try and visualize this, you know, the Alps are always these very sweeping, twisting, turning roads as it snakes its way down the mountain or up. And we came down the other side and there was some rain during the night. There was a lot of water on the road. We were doing over 60 kilometers an hour. The pace was very fast and we came through a corner. I was the last one in my little group and I reacted a little bit slow. I wasn't very familiar with the terrain. And, uh, they made it through the corner. I didn't, I, I went too wide and there was water. I lost control of the bike and I just went straight on into a rock embankment, struck it, um, full force with my right shoulder and my back. Cause I managed to turn my body so as not to hit my head, which unfortunately didn't, um, I hit the, the rock incredibly hard. I bounced back into the road. I lay in a fetal position, half in the road with my legs. A lot of other competitors were still coming past and one of them crashed into me, completely fracturing my right femur and my femur neck, um, completely right off. And um, I had severe injuries. I immediately started, um, you know, vomiting blood. I was screaming. Pain was insane. Um, I was conscious because I didn't scratch my helmet even, which was a big miracle. But just to shorten the whole story, I um, I lay there, a couple of competitors stopped to try and help me. I couldn't move, obviously. Um, and, uh, it, it, it got to a point, eventually the medical team arrived on the scene. I can't, we still don't know how long it took probably about 30, 40 minutes. We don't know, but, um, I, had both my lungs had punctured, my thorax collapsed. I fractured 12 ribs, um, my lower spine, my sternum was fractured, oh. my shoulder blade, my collarbone was totally shattered. Um, I had a lot of lacerations and bleeding. I'd ruptured arteries in my arm and my neck, and yeah, it was severe. It was really severe, and it, it got to a point. The medical team was already there, and I know this detail because the doctor who saved my life came to visit me in hospital in Italy. Um, but they had to defibrillate me twice to get my heart going. So I, I experienced um, dying, you know, because I was conscious. So I was able to. I was aware of what was going on around me with all the noise and the people and everything. But eventually my hearing faded, my all pain faded, and then my sight faded. Um, and I remember, because I was a believer even before the accident, you know, so I remember just um, in my heart, just saying, Lord, I'm dying, you can take me. Sure. Yeah, that was the last thing I remembered. And then I woke wow. up and I the next day. So. Yeah, it was it was very much a life-changing experience, which I can really I can
1: understand.
0: I can understand, yeah.
1: Grant, why you say the first day of, of mm. my second life. We're going to yes. take a pause. I think this is the right time to take a pause for some ads while we all grasp which, what you <laughs> went through and what you've just shared with us. We're going to be right back, Grant. Please stay with us.
0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.
1: Well, thank you so much for staying with us. Um, we hearing an extraordinary story, Grant Lottering, um, who is sharing his story of being a, a, a cyclist and training in Italy and in one of the races having a horrific accident. Um, and yes, I mean, as you say, dying and then surviving and uh, mm. what what an experience that must have been, Grant. And that you know, your life changed because of that. But you were told by doctors that you wouldn't be able to cycle again. I mean, it must have been a very long journey to recovery, right?
0: It was, yes. Um, I remember in ICU. I wanted to know exactly what happened to me. I wanted to know, will I ride a bike again? Because um my shoulder was basically, uh, in a medical term, they call it a floating shoulder. It means everything that attached my shoulder to my body was either torn or broken. Sure. Um, so they said to me, your, "Your shoulder, you'll never be able to control a bike again. You're um, going to need a lot of surgery, which which is twelve I had ten surgeries to date on my right shoulder. Um, it'll never be 100. But then again, I, I don't need to lift dumbbells and sh- and swing off chandeliers and things. I just need to hold the handlebar on a bicycle. That's it. Uh huh. But yeah, it was a long journey. Um, I spent four weeks at home recovering after I flew home with medical assistance after 21 days. Um, but, you know, I resolved to get back on my bike, even though even the doctors here, I went to three specialists and they said to me inside, Saturday, I said, grant, forget it, you'll not get back on a bike. I went to another one, shared with him my vision that I want to go back within a year to finish the race, which I decided in the hospital already. And he said to me, that's not going to happen, but I'll get you back on your bike. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to work with him. <laughs> and yeah, Dr. Webster, he has continued to do like, I think he's done 11 surgeries on me over sure. all these years. He got me back on my bike and I went back 11 months later. I was back in the Alps and I finished the race against all odds. And that's when my journey really started. Where I realized, but my goodness, your mind and your mental attitude and strength are so important and the impact it has on your body. And that helped me greatly when, You know, I had the diagnosis with cancer later on.
1: Cancer. We're going to get to the cancer, um, I know, in 2016, uh, a melanoma. Mm. Before we get there, Grant, just, you know, getting back on that bike, um, just psychologically, you know, getting, being able to climb back and then physically being able to climb back um, and you say after that, when you went back and you then conquered the Alps after that, you realized, wow, the mind is so powerful. But just mm. if you can share with our audience, besides having this, I'm sure, great support system, people helping you, were there any particular techniques that you used? You know, people talk about visualizing and positive self-talk. Mm. Was there something mm. that you used that really helped you?
0: I did. I did, Nick. Especially, especially the first year, you know, before... When I had my crash and I got back home, um, you know, that was when reality set in, like, okay, you need treatment, you need surgery. You cannot walk, you're lying on a bed, you can't hold a crutch, because everything on the right side of my body was broken, you know. But you want to get on a bike, and I already figured out if I want to do this race in July 2014, I'll have to start riding my bicycle on the road, 1 February 2014. Now, normally when you break a femur, it takes at least a year to recover. So, I realized, um, you know, if I just look at what I see in a mirror, I weighed 57 when I got home. I was just skin and bone. And I just focus on the situation. I mean, I'll never get back on the bike because the trauma was so real in my mind. I was really quite scared to get back on a bike Mm -hmm. because I knew the consequences if I had to fall again. But I started to visualize myself riding the bike. Every day I would put time aside and I'd just be quiet and I still do it to this day i make time to be quiet and i just focus and I channel my energy on what I believe and what I see myself doing, not just looking at where I'm at. And um, I still do it to this day. And I think that that helps me greatly. That helped me greatly to get back on my bike one February. It helped me immensely when I stood on that start line in the Alps, terrified of what I just got myself into, um, knowing I'm going to have to go up and down those mountains at high speed. Mm. Um, but the visualization and the mental focus and the determination that I was going to succeed was just so strong that it it, you know, for your subconscious mind, it becomes your reality. Mm. You know, they say what you think you you become. And I do believe that if you if you think positive, you think positive affirmations, you visualize yourself achieving success, um, you're giving yourself a, a very, very good chance to actually do it as opposed course, to living in fear course. you
1: know so yeah amazing God. so mm. i, I want to talk to you because you also used something very interesting when you were dealing with your cancer so you were diagnosed mm. in 2016 um, you had a melanoma you had to go in for surgery um but you talk about you talk about an embodiment using this embodying embodiment mm. just if you can share with with our listeners because mm. I, I found this quite powerful
0: mm. Yeah, you know, it was, I mean 2016, late 2016. I, I came back from Europe. I, I just did my biggest tour to at that point, which was a thousand kilometers through the Alps. I rode for 46 hours. Gosh. I napped, for, I napped for 20 minutes. Um, it was a huge success, raised over a million rand for the Laureal Sport for Good Foundation, of whom I'm an ambassador. Um, and um I went for a team checkup. You know, those tours take a lot of out of you. So and I, I went to see the, the doctor and he, he, he just looked at me and he said, have you noticed this thing on the back of your hamstring on your left leg? I said, yeah, it's been there for a while, but it's like, no, not really. Um, and he said, you, you've got to get this thing looked at. It doesn't look good. So I went to a dermatologist. He examined me um, and he said to me, listen, this is, this is a problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to a surgeon immediately. You've got to get this thing removed. Um, which we did, you know, but, but to answer your question in that process, you know, I was, what I had overcome, everything was physical. It was related to what I could feel, what I could see. And, you know, sometimes when you, when you overcome these huge obstacles, you, in in a sense you get, I, I won't say I lost my, my humility. I'm, I'm, my second life has always kept me humble but mm-hmm. you seem to think like you can overcome anything and then suddenly this thing hit me and now i realized, okay you've 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 got a disease here and i thought oh you know he's just going to cut it out a little biopsy send it away and life is good you know yeah <laughs> but then the surgeon phoned me as soon as he got the results and when the phone rang and i saw it was him i thought like why is he calling me so quickly well um and he said to me grant we got a problem here this is um this is really very dangerous. It's a very deep, aggressive, invasive melanoma. It's close to the borderline of what is dangerously deep. He said, we're going to have to get you in. We've got to get this whole thing out. We're going to have to do a proper surgery on you here um, and to make sure we did get everything out. We're going to have to run some tests and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I just realized then, but my goodness, you know, you can be mentally strong. You can believe you can do anything, but There are times in life where things happen, you've got no control over it. So even even though I was physically strong and I bounced back and and I've recovered and I'm doing these amazing things, riding further than I ever thought possible, it doesn't mean you're untouchable. You still Mm -hmm. have to be responsible. You have to um, make sure you look after yourself, look after your body, do your preventative checks, do your tests and stuff. Um, And I'm so glad I did because if I didn't, that thing would have become a career ending thing for me you know it it was really i think it was god's hand really that just got me to have it looked at and we got it out in time but for a year it was quite i wasn't sure what was going to happen you know? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Sure.
0: i mean they, they cut out eight by four centimeters i've still got this huge hole in the back oh, of goodness. my leg <laughs> it it is is was... wow, so crazy. it turned out pretty serious yeah much more serious than what i thought it was yeah yeah
1: but it didn't stop you and you continued if anything with Mm -hmm. more passion because you really turned your cycling into such a purposeful thing hence starting Mm -hmm. the um the impossible tours um raising funds um for people challenges and we're going to talk about what you recently did but the impossible tour is that i'm Mm -hmm. possible when people said it was impossible is it does it stand for i'm possible
0: yeah, it actually does. That's why I had to just move the apostrophe a little bit. <laughs> uh-huh. But for me, it, for me, it's impossible because um, you know when I did that first tour, absolutely nobody, nobody agreed with what I was doing. Even my surgeon said he, he takes no responsibility. If something goes wrong, I mustn't even phone him. He doesn't even want to uh-huh. talk to me. I'm being yeah. irresponsible. <laughs> but I just thought, you know, it's um, it, it's my possible. It's um, I believed I could do it, and I did. So. Yeah, that's where the name comes from. And um, the nice thing with it is I I do these tours every year. I sit with my sponsors, um, Mercedes-Benz and and a few others. And, you know, I I tell them, okay, I'm thinking of doing this. I'm going to go to the States. I'm going to do a tour in California. I'm going to do it with Reach for a Dream, like I just did. And then we work on it and we plan it. And it always stretches me beyond what I've done before. And I just apply that same principle of I believe it's possible The purpose behind it is to inspire people, to challenge people, to not put other people's limits on your life, you know, Mm -hmm. to believe you can do, even if no one else has done it, you can do it if you believe it. But then especially to raise money for underprivileged children because I believe children, sport has a big impact on children's lives. Um, So it's become really passionate for me. Every time I do a ride, it's always an aid of charity. Always, always.
1: Just incredible. Incredible, incredible. So your recent um cross cape, your impossible, mm-hmm. I'm possible dream to the recent one that started in Plate on the 15th of Jan, of course, as you said, yes. doing it for reach for a dream in mm. aid of 34 children fighting life-threatening mm. illnesses knowing that the money that you're raising means that these 34 children will be able to have a dream realized which I'm sure gave yes. you so much strength for you mm. to do what you were doing because you really did an extraordinary thing within you were supposed to do it with David Higgs I know um, the, the mm. chef um, but you landed up doing it on your own but you did it all in 48 mm. hours without resting and stopping and what tell us what a crazy thing you've just completed
0: yeah look it's um I got the idea because it, it, there's a big um, cycle tourist route down near front plate to to um, Stellenbosch which the Western Cape Tourism put together and they call it the Cross Cape so I, I went to see them and they said I'll sponsor it if I promote the ride and I said well I'm doing it to reach for a dream so Mercedes is involved and yeah let's make it happen and um, I started planning it and and it was by no means the longest ride I've done. It, it was only 700 kilometers. However, the amount of uphill that I had to ride was insane. It was almost 12,000 meters of uphill that I did. Um, so for a cyclist, that would mean a lot. If you're not a cyclist, it means you're approaching twice the height of Everest in terms of riding uphill, um, wow. which is plenty. Wow. And it's all off-road, which makes it worse. Sure. <laughs> and sure. uh, But my, uh-huh. biggest, my biggest challenge was the weather. Um, doing it middle of January. Um, my first day, my average ride temperature was 39 degrees. It was insane. I, mm-hmm. um, I, really, st- yeah, we, I, I really struggled immensely. But I just pushed through, rode through the night, uh, rode through the next day, the next night, and I finished in Stellenbosch. My ride time was 37 hours, 24 minutes. Fulfilling 34 dreams was always a stretch target. The 34 is because Reach for a Dream is 34 years old this year.
1: Okay. But
0: um, we ended up raising enough to fulfill 12 dreams, which I'm very happy with. You know, oh, incredible. Um, of course. The dream is around 5,000 Rand on average. So, and that was through people's generosity supporting my rides. I was very happy with that, you know. Um 12 kids, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kids who will probably never get to ride a bike like I do. So mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me. It it definitely keeps me going. My support team that was there, my fiance Lisa was there. It keeps them going because there's always a bigger purpose beyond the ride. That so was beautiful. It was wonderful. I really enjoyed it even though congratulations (laughs)
1: congratulations grant i mean i'm I'm saying crazy tour i mean for you to do what you do and you push yourself and as you say it's always for a greater purpose and 12 children are going to have dreams realized because of this act of generosity and sheer strength and you yeah, know, a craziness, a bit of craziness thrown
0: in. <laughs> yeah, especially and, riding at night. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Didn't you come across something, an art folk or something? What What happened?
0: Oh, yeah. And you won't believe it. We actually got it on video as well. We, we're putting a short film together, which we'll release on social media. Um, yeah, I was riding. It was dark. It was about approaching midnight. I'm um, through the Kamanasi Mountains. And um, I, had a, I have a car following me. And the next thing, this thing just appeared out of nowhere on the side of the road, and it was huge. And um it almost ran in front of me, but then it just missed me, and it crossed the road in front of the car. And and we, I, I almost came off. It was pretty close. Yeah, I've never seen an artifact in real life, but this thing was massive. <laughs> so, there it
1: was. It appeared. I'm so happy
0: I didn't. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I hit it, I would have gone flying, that's for sure. So it was a oh, close good. call.
1: You've d- you've done your fair share of flying, Grant. Um, mm, uh, mm. Thank God you didn't have to. But I just yes. want to say to you that I, I really do think that what you do is an amaze is is amazing. There's so many people who are listening now who,
0: mm.
1: you know, think, oh, I could never be like that. You know, I'm not that kind of a person. And the point is, I thought so to, to have someone like you on the show is really just to show everybody who's listening what is possible with all the challenges that you've overcome from your cycling accident, your cancer, Mm. that you've continued, you use your mind, you have this connection with a higher power that you continue to give and be in purpose is a Mm. wonderful, wonderful inspiration for all of us, Grant, and well done to you. And please, God, may you continue to do what you do. Um, Mm. And we appreciate your time. Thank you. you are. I I
0: appreciate yours too. Thank you. That was wonderful.
1: Thank you, Grant. Take care, right. and look after yourself.
0: You too, thank you, I
1: will. thank you. Bye. Wow, Grant Lottering. and um I didn't ask Grant, but he, I mean he was saying that he's putting this video together. Just have a look have a have a look. um maybe there's something on the reach for a dream website about it, um, but it's called the Cross Cape impossible dream tour and I am apostrophe possible says so as in I'm possible um, and just check that out because it's really something absolutely absolutely extraordinary and so so inspiring